You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net. And thanks for joining us. McLeod is the executive director of Missions Connection, which he founded in 2001, uh, 15 years ago, as a missions pastor in Portland. No, I lied last week, Bill. I said that uh, Mission Connects was the largest sending organization. It's not a send, and I knew that. It's not the largest sending organization, but it's the largest organization that connects mission opportunities with churches because they believe in the local church. And so, uh, just so I get this right, this is right off your website. It's a biblically-based, spirit-led, prayer-empowered mobilization movement that elevates the necessity and priority of missions in the local church. And brother, I am glad to have you with us today. So give a warm welcome to Mr. Bill McLeod. Thanks, man. Awesome. This is it. You have a clicker? Yeah, I've got mine. Thank you. Well, good morning. Oh, I tell you, I feel like I'm at home. These missionaries, it's awesome. Sri Lanka, Bible education all over the world. Reed College, that's tremendous. Didn't uh, Blue Like Jazz, didn't they talk about a, you know, a coffee shop? And uh, here you are doing it. Well, this is not my first time here, but it's the first time to be in the pulpit. I uh, used to come and teach perspectives classes here. How many have taken perspectives? That's a must for any believer, and uh, thankful for Dave Vosser heading that up for years. And um, last time I was here, uh, my old friend Doug Hazen, I think it was his last Sunday here, and he uh, was speaking. Anybody here old enough to remember Doug Hazen? Wow, Doug, if you're watching, there's at least three people with their hands up. It's uh, tremendous. I want to thank you for being a partner church with Mission Connection. Uh, Appreciate that um, so much. And um, we, uh, we founded Mission Connection actually 20 years ago uh, to come alongside the local church to uh, help churches connect with mission in such a way that more workers can be raised up, sent out to the ends of the earth. You guys are already doing it. You don't need Mission Connection, but we're sure happy to, uh, to serve you. Um, Grace Community Church has been a solid Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, and missions sending uh, church and uh, with this 40th anniversary uh, that's tremendous next weekend Um, congratulations on uh, your faithfulness to uh, all those areas pastor jay launched the uh, this we believe series last sunday how many were here for that yeah wasn't that great and uh, you believe these are the things that you believe as a church and uh, so i was thrilled when Matt Patrick invited me to come for this Mission Sunday because reaching the world for Jesus Christ is also one of the core values, one of the core principles, core beliefs that, uh, you know, is very evident that you hold to. So, and then this morning around the corner, around the world, um, that's a theme chosen for this year's uh, emphasis. Let's see, I gotta, I gotta do two things. Look at that. Isn't that awesome? Wow. I did that myself. I didn't get any help, you can tell. Um, You know, the gospel is the hope of the world, and our response to the gospel after embracing it ourselves personally um, is that we we share it. 
beginning right here at home, as you've heard, and continuing throughout the world. And uh, I hope that each one of you know your place in the Great Commission. That's one of the things that I always ask churches. You know that a church is uh, really on target if you can go up to any person, not someone in the missions department, not someone on staff, but to say, where do you fit in the Great Commission? Because all of us have been called to fulfill the Great Commission in our uh, sphere of influence. And so we're all blessed to be able to carry out that uh, mission. This morning we're going to be in the uh, passage of the feeding of the 5,000. Luke chapter 9, 10 through 17. You know that this is the uh, only um, story uh, besides the resurrection that all four Gospels focus on. And uh, I, believe, I, I believe that it's because Jesus wants us to take special notice of something so grand, so wonderful, like the Great Commission, like the um, Grand Canyon, that he's going to have four different viewpoints of this particular passage. But I like this passage because it's kind of like a day in the life of the disciples. And uh, let me tell you, they're not really putting their best foot forward. I think that's why, uh, you know, that's why the Bible's so intriguing, because it shows us people just like us. They're not, uh, you know, what we're doing on Sunday when we're all uh, dressed up and at our best, but it shows what we do the rest of the week. And this passage is powerful because it shows the disciples that are not at their most uh, stellar moment. They don't have their best foot forward. If they were applying to, you know, for a job, uh, you know, to get a job as disciple, they would have failed, okay? Um, but maybe that's why this particular story made the cut in all four Gospels. So, um, let me just pray as we start this morning. Jesus, thank you for this uh, mission's emphasis. Thank you, Lord, for the uh, privilege of looking into your word this morning. I thank you, Lord, for this church. I thank you for Pastor Jay, faithful preaching of your word through the years. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just guide us this morning, that we would hear from you, and that we would, um, the things that I say, Lord, that you would be speaking to our hearts, including me, about things that you want us to be aware of and uh, focused on. So Lord, uh, guide us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, let's see. Let's read this. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it, and they followed him. Now, he welcomed them, the crowds. He welcomed the crowds, and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And he healed those who needed healing. <clears throat> Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him, and they said, Send the crowd away so that they can go, uh, you know, to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because, uh, you know, we're really in a remote place here. Well, real uh, great attitude of hospitality the uh, disciples had there. First thing we see about this feeding of the 5,000 is that conditions are never ideal. They were expecting to go on a retreat with Jesus. They're expecting to uh, get away. They've had a busy time. 
And then suddenly the crowds of people are following them. It's late. They're in a remote location. The disciples want to send them away to eat. I'm sure the disciples thought there's got to be 7-Elevens all over the, the wilderness here that they can just go and get something to eat. Um, but Jesus welcomes these folks. He welcomes them and he heals them. Many diseases. Have you ever noticed how often Jesus shows up and does his best work when you're tired and distracted by life? Anybody ever notice that? When you're trying to put your best foot forward, it seems like that's when everything seems to fall apart. I remember trying to get to church on Sunday mornings. That's when we'd have the fights with the kids. But I know none of you have that kind of a situation. You know, the drive to church. You're like, we're going to church. That's when all this turmoil comes to a head. I think that sometimes Jesus does this to catch us unawares, to see what the real unfiltered condition of our heart is, to see if we'll react out of our flesh or if we'll respond to his spirit in those situations. I'll tell you, when the events of September 11th took place 20 years ago, we were in the midst of preparing for our very first Mission Connection Northwest event. Back then, we called it Missions Fest Northwest. But we were preparing for that very first event. I thought it must be about the worst possible time to try and help mobilize the church to fulfill its role to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Because at that, in that post-9-11 time, it seemed like we were even more distracted, even in somewhat of a national funk. And there just seemed to be many more things we should be doing than acting on Jesus' great commission command to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. But we were already into it, and we were committed to that vision. Maybe some of you or many of you have desired to do more for the Lord, but the conditions, your work, your health, your finances, they're just not cooperating. Difficult circumstances can often put us, like the disciples, in a position to begin to get a perspective on reality, our own reality, especially when it feels like the conditions are just simply not ideal. Are conducive. So actually, that's why, precisely why, I want to ask you to prayerfully consider serving locally with young lives. Johnny and friends are going on one of these short-term missions to the Philippines, to Slovenia, or to Lebanon. What better way, what better way to fight back against all the stuff that has gone on in 2020 or to celebrate 40 awesome years of this church than to go all out for Jesus Christ and go on some of these short-term mission trips that Grace Church has put together. You know, things are never going to be ideal, are they? Then Jesus goes on and he says, he replies, you give them something to eat. They've just said, they need to get something to eat. He says, you give them something to eat. And they answered, oh, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for this whole crowd. Ha, ha, ha. There's about 5,000 men 
were there. Well, the second thing we learn from the feeding of the 5,000 is that Jesus always asks the impossible. Why is it when we're already tired and worn out or ticked off or whatever, Jesus is asking us to step up? He says, you give them something to eat. You ever notice that Jesus' ask is always personal and direct? Notice he doesn't say, let's talk about this. Let's discuss our options. He doesn't say that. Very direct. And then his response to the crowd was welcoming, and he was healing them. The disciples' response has to do with how little they have to offer. Oh, we don't have much. Or the cost that it was going to be to them. And how many people there were. Nothing on their part of how to help, even in any small way. You know, we call this the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, but keep in mind that based on this passage and others, they were really only counting the men in the crowd. That's a cultural thing. They just counted the men in the crowd. There was probably more like 20,000 people in the crowd. Now think about this. This would be like going to the Moda Center, right? when the Blazers are in a playoff. Because when the Moda Center is uh, configured, the arena is configured for basketball, it will hold 19,393 spectators. Imagine you're going into the Moda Center. It's a championship game that's packed out. And Jesus says to you, feed this, feed this crowd. You know, you'd basically say, well, all I got is five buns, and two hot dogs to feed this crowd. Here in Luke 9, 5,000 mouths to feed was already impossible, but 20,000 made the request ridiculous. Right? Absolutely ridiculous. Now let me ask you another question. What is the miraculous part of the story? That there were so many people and so little food? Or was it the fact that Jesus asked the disciples to feed them? I think it was the fact that Jesus asked these people that have no interest in helping him in any way. <laughs> they have no interest in, you know, the crowd, that he would ask them to help them, to help feed this crowd. I think Jesus asked the impossible of us too, if we're willing, around the corner, around the world. Could the Lord be asking something of you right now, even today? And you're thinking to yourself, Come on, Jesus. Your ask is just way impossible. You know, when the pandemic struck 18 months ago, our lives were not simply distracted. The whole li uh, life worldwide was disrupted. And uh, when we at Mission Connection decided to provide a completely virtual event last January, in fact, it was about just about a year ago that we were making that decision, Really, the verdict was made for us by the spread of the virus, the lockdowns, uh, and we had this desire that we didn't want to cancel Mission Connection Northwest altogether. So really, the only option was to go virtual. Well, you know, the result was that once we made that decision to move forward, there was a spirit of camaraderie, spirit of cooperation, 
And that really extended worldwide because we were able to pull in presenters from all over the world and an audience from all over the world. I think, um, I think we typically would have 400 churches at one of our uh, Northwest events, and I think we had over 600 uh, churches worldwide. <clears throat> well, you know, in some ways, um, our current challenges reminded me of all that we had faced 20 years ago. In 2001, a group of us and our churches were convinced that the Lord was moving us to launch this new thing. The post-9-11 culture at that time uh, said otherwise. I even remember, I was by myself, I was meeting with my own uh, missions team, and I remember a sinister voice, sinister presence came over me and kind of sneered and said, you're an idiot. You can't even take care of your own ministry. You're going to try to launch something citywide. Uh, you're going down. You will fail, and everyone will see what a fool you are. And I, re I remember thinking, man, did I wake up to a nightmare? But in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, you know, but what if it succeeds? Like, what if we actually pull this first one off? Wouldn't that be a tremendous opportunity for the church and mission organizations? Like, wouldn't it be cool if we really could advance the gospel by strengthening the local church to be more effective in their mission sending? In a similar way, this year, after our virtual event in January, we were convinced that the Lord wanted us to trust him yet again to help us return to a live, in-person event in this coming January 2022. However, local churches who had hosted us in the past were not willing to host us for 2022. It sure felt like Jesus was asking us to do the impossible. Maybe right now, this very moment, you're wrestling over your life and your options, and you're thinking there's just no way you could even imagine going on a short-term mission trip to the Philippines, Slovenia, or Lebanon. You're saying to yourself, conditions are just not ideal. Sorry, Pastor Matt. Just don't, don't make eye contact with me when I leave this morning. They're just not ideal. And Jesus, why do you always ask the impossible when my life is already on tilt? Well, friend, you're in good company if you're thinking that this morning. He goes on. He says to his disciples, okay, guys, have all these people sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so. Everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke them. And he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. So he breaks the bread. He now gives the disciples to distribute. Fast forward, they all ate and they were satisfied. All the people ate and they were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. <clears throat> That's the best part about going to church potluck, isn't it? Those leftovers, yeah. Final thing we learn about the feeding of the 5,000 is that if we obey, he will work through us. If we obey, he'll work through us. 
You know, conditions might not have been ideal. Jesus may have been from their limited perspective asking the impossible of them. But when Jesus began to direct them, they obeyed. And the picture began to change dramatically because they obeyed and decided to go his way and not their own way. They had the people sit down in groups of 50. Then, I love the, there's so much we can glean from this. He only used the resources that were available. I think sometimes we feel like we have to be uh, Gary Brashears, you know, teach a Bible study, right? We've got to be uh, uber smart. We've got to be whatever. I love the fact that he wants to use every one of us just the way he made us. He wants to use the resources that we have at our disposal. In this case, five loaves and two fish. He gives thanks to God publicly. He looks up to heaven because he knows that's the origin of the provision. It's from heaven. He breaks the bread and he initiates the process of divine division and multiplication. He gives to the disciples who now continue the multiplication process. I've often wondered, what would it be like if you were one of the disciples? You know, it's like a lot of things. We get wrapped up at the moment. We don't really pay attention. But, okay, five loaves. He spreads it out. Everybody gets a little piece. They break it in there. And like it never stops. The bread just keeps coming. And they look out and they just see the bread. They probably, like, I'm sure it was amazing that they were in this situation but they weren't, like, maybe aware till the very end. What? All the people got fed? <laughs> All they, were, they were just doing what was right in front of them that he'd asked them to do. Same with the fish. He divides the two fish, and the disciples continue distributing. Everyone ate and was satisfied. Twelve baskets of leftovers were picked up by the disciples, and then 20,000 men, women, and children ate that day. They didn't even come expecting a meal. They just came to hear Jesus, right? I think that's the way church ought to be. People come, they hear the word, but they get so much more from the fellowship, from uh, meeting missionaries, hearing about different parts of the world where the gospel is making a difference. Crowds came, heard Jesus, but they left spiritually and physically fed. Back in 2001, we just pressed on against all odds as the Lord was continuing to erect us uh, forward, baby step by baby step. And we kept receiving indications that we were actually right on track, on target, and on time. Since then, by God's grace, as Matt said, Mission Connection Northwest has become the largest annual church mission mobilizing event on the West Coast and the largest church-sponsored event of any kind held annually in the Portland-Vancouver area. Yet here we were in our 20th year without a church to host us for this January. Before we knew it, we realized that we had been rejected by more than 30 potential venues and churches. As a team and to a person, we continued to call out to the Lord and examine our hearts. Was the Lord closing a door for us this year? We had a great lineup of plenary speakers, a theme, enthusiasm, but it was the end of August, and we had nothing. We had never gone this late without a location. And with every day that passed and the preparation of workshops and agency exhibitors um, all put on hold, a time would come 
when we would be beyond the point of no return from an organizational standpoint. And many reached out, were asking us, are you going to have an event? And we would tell them, we don't know, we don't have a venue. And they would always assure us that they, would, they were praying. Then after Labor Day, Associate Lead Pastor John Jordan let us know that Village Church, Village Baptist Church, how many are familiar with Village? They uh, stepped up in Beaverton, Oregon, and they said they'd be happy to host Mission Connection Northwest January 21-22. What a huge relief and tremendous answer to prayer that that was. We'll be able to return to a live and in-person event and we're in the process of lining up all the workshops and all the exhibitors. And uh, our theme for this year is, quite fittingly, it's time. This is our first uh, program on the left. You can see we kind of changed uh, graphic artists here. Uh, and the one on the right is the one that it's just, just been confirmed. And uh, so we don't even have any to, to give out, but you can see. There's the theme, it's time, and there we are coming up on this January. Now, not only that, but COVID was actually a huge blessing for our organization. It allowed us to expand into another part of the United States. Mission Connection Southwest will take place this November 5th and 6th. Their theme is, what's your role? Again, going back to what I was saying, everybody has a role and fulfilling the Great Commission. That's what they wanted to focus on. What's your role? Very practical. And you can find out about both uh, events by going on our website, uh, www.missionconnectionwithanx.com. Well, as we've seen in this passage this morning, God began to work when the disciples decided to do what he was asking them to do. And my question to you is, are you willing? Are you just willing to go around the corner around the world. Are you willing? I think that's all that Jesus asked of the disciples. That's all he asked of us. I'll have the, uh, <clears throat> the uh, worship team come up. But if you're willing, just keep in mind, con conditions are never ideal. Jesus always asks the impossible. So if you get hit with something, he's always asking you the impossible. But if you obey, if we obey, he will work through us. The Lord can work through you when you decide to obey and allow him to demonstrate his power through you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this passage that uh, reminds uh, me of how, um, how weak I am, how uh, absolutely dependent on you I am, we all are, not just for the breath of life, but the fact that if we know you, it's because you sent someone to us to tell us about Jesus. And we accepted your invitation of life, um, forgiveness of sins. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here this morning who does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior, would not leave here until they talk with somebody about that need. I thank you, Lord, that you are always in the business of asking us if we're willing. And Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness to us, Mission Connection, um, that you uh, allowed us to keep moving forward with this dream 20 years ago. 
And uh, here we are, and to be able to see that it's not always easy sailing, but we just continue. You give us the privilege of trusting you and answering the question, am I willing today? Am I willing to do what you want me to do, Jesus? <clears throat> so I pray, Lord, that you would help us just to be found faithful and uh, to do what you want us to do. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning. God so loved the world. God so loved us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this uh, service today. Thank you for the emphasis on the world and uh, that we have been saved into a family that is worldwide. I pray, Lord, that, uh, Lord, you would touch each one today and uh, remind us of your great love for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church here in Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to follow us online, please go to gracecc.net. That's gracecc.net.